Hello and welcome again to Sacktown Talks. Today we are proud to have Senator Bob Archuleta rejoin us again, talk a little bit about the uh, post-election results and what he has planned for the new year. Uh, Senator Archuleta, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm so happy that we're able to find this time on a Friday afternoon. I know, Lots I know. Lots of things know. going on, obviously. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a busy time of year. Uh, for, for folks as we're getting ready to the end of the year crunch. Uh, just had an interesting election, kind of Senator Archuleta. I know you didn't have an election yourself, uh, luck, lucked out this year, but kind of what was your experience, I guess, going through the election and kind of working on some of the campaigns this season? Well, you know, we were on our edge of a seat, on the edge of the seat uh, throughout the campaign, whether it be national, congressional, or, or some of the other assembly and Senate races. Uh, you know, we're in Los Angeles County, a lot of action in Los Angeles County, and uh, but as things started to unfold, we realized that uh, uh, looks like uh, the Senate is uh, picking up a couple of seats, and uh, Congress is uh, losing a couple of seats. It depends depends what side you're on, right? right? And uh, uh, but you know, right now I think we have to talk about as our president-elect Joe Biden says, let's start thinking about uniting. Let's start talking about coming together and, and uh, doing what we have to do. So I would like to, uh, again, thank you for having me on. There's some issues that are that are before us right now, and I could talk about a lot of different things. So uh, I would like to talk about uh, some of the things I've worked on last year a little bit and things that you might have uh, in mind. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I guess kind of, I guess turning back to, I guess the end of last session, you know, we had, since we've talked last, you know, we've had bill signing and things like that. So can kind of give us a recap of, of your 2020 legislative session and kind of things you're working on and kind of some of the things you're proud of? Well, you know, let's start with the fact that, uh, you know, we had to deal with COVID-19, the pandemic and and uh, the stress that, that hit the Senate with everyone concerned about uh, people getting sick and uh, not being able to be on the floor and on and on. So those last few days were really hectic for us. But uh, I, I thank our uh, uh, Senate pro tem, Tony Atkin, for taking charge and making sure everything in the Senate side of it all was working smoothly. And we were all well protected. So uh, again, uh, Tony Atkins, thank you. There's the, there's the wave. So on behalf of all the senators, all of us, that uh, felt safe, and I certainly did, going into the Capitol, coming out, uh, meeting with my colleagues when we needed to. We had the safe distance, and of course, we all wore the mask, and we, some of us had shields and all sorts of things, but uh, a lot of hand washing, a lot of masks, and the distance. So we had a protocol that we were able to work with, and we got everything done, and we finished up. Thank God uh, we made it. No, no, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I guess kind of the end of the year, you know, last time you were on, you kind of told us about your bill package and some of the things you were working on. I guess sure. kind of what bills did you get signed by the governor this well, year? Well, you know, it, it, it's uh, great that you asked that because uh, because of the pandemic and because of, of uh, things that we were all trying to get done as quickly as possible, but effectively as possible, we were told to, if we can bring down our load quite a bit and uh, hoping that all of us would stay within five maybe six, seven bills or that sort of thing. So I had five bills and uh, I'm so proud that the governor signed all five and, and wow. it worked out okay. So I'd five like to five. share those with you. So that's not a bad batting average, right? No, a thousand percent. That's it. That's it. So, uh, but seriously, you know, all the, of famer. Uh, 
yeah, that, that's not bad. But I, I will tell you, let's talk about one of the first ones that come to mind, which is uh, our Senate Bill 480. And, uh, you know, as the uh, chair of the Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs, I'm able to work with veterans and, and bring everybody together. And, uh, and, and remember, when we do that at the Capitol, working with veterans, we're working with all veterans. It's not one political party versus another, whatever. It's a melting pot of veterans. And I'm so proud the governor sees it that way, uh, the Senate sees that way, and the assembly. We all uh, honor our veterans equally across the board. So one of my, my bills was uh, uh, Senate Bill 480, which uh, actually prohibiting law enforcement agencies from authorizing their employees from wearing uh, camouflage uniforms. And uh, as you know, we had issues out in the streets and, and some of the police did uh, across the nation wear camouflage uniforms. That confused uh, a good number of the general public uh, wondering who is the military and who is our police officers. And so Senate Bill 480 was able to clear that up. And even across the other side of the country where the Department of Defense jumped in and agreed that it's, it's time that we make sure that the general public can distinguish uh, the camouflage uniform uh, that is worn by the military versus the police. So right. the police are still able to wear their camouflage uniforms for uh, technical teams, the SWAT teams, operational teams, but not out in the street uh, protecting uh, the general public. As you know, when we see, uh, whether it be highway patrol or law enforcement, it's blue, and it should be that way. So that is something that we did. So the main objective of our military camouflage is just to deceive the enemy in the presence, position, and intentions of military formations and operations, right? Right. So we shouldn't have that issue when it comes to the general public being confused who is the law enforcement and who is our military. And our National Guard, our citizen soldiers, uh, work awfully hard to protect our state and doing so many great things. And when they're called to duty, they're called to duty. We've got to honor them as well and protect everyone, the general public, our police departments, and our uh, uh, men and women in uniform, our, our military. So that was one of them. That was 480. And was that enough for you? Just on that one, right? <laughs> so, so let's go on to another one. That uh, uh, This was uh, Senate Bill 588. And this creates uh, state departments awarding contracts uh, to prime contractors and pairs with subcontractors dealing with disabled veterans, disabled veterans business enterprise. So you can imagine if you're a disabled veteran and you're able to work for a company and you're able to submit uh, bids on contract pertaining to state jobs and whatever, or state opportunities, uh, and you as that veteran, you're the front man, you're the owner, or you might be a participant uh, to a degree, and then uh, that company will receive that contract because of the disabled veteran and then they'll go on and, and get another contract and then another right. contract. And that original veteran was pushed aside and was not compensated. So the disabled veterans business uh, enterprise is there to protect veterans. And so now it levels the playing field where the uh, state of California will now be informed that the veteran who actually put his name on the paper and the documents and signed as, as the disabled veteran will be taken care of. So that was Senate Bill 588, and that too was approved. And uh, the next one that, that I was able to work on 
was Senate Bill 895, which allows state funding previously earmarked for clean diesel. You know, all of us want clean air. All of us are, you know, asking for a clean uh, zero emissions and the environment. Well, guess what? We're all working in that same direction, but let's add another tool to the tool chest. And that's what this opens the door to. And that is hydrogen, because we have all these sources of energy. And when the governor is talking about clean energy in the year 2035, if you remember that, right. uh, this will open up that door. So uh, this bill, Senate Bill 895, will allow state funds previously earmarked for clean diesel investments instead of investing in zero emission technology that doesn't include uh, the things that we know of today. Because this was back in 1989. Well, clean diesel, okay, in 1989, but now we're in 2020. Right. So when we think of clean air and, and zero emission alternatives, we've got to think of hydrogen and being able to put that in the tool chest. So this will open up. We'll be able to now immediately start investigating that and look to the future of adding that to the energy tool chest. And that's Senate Bill 895. And that too was signed by the governor. And then uh, my Senate Bill 905 uh, adds an existing privacy uh, issue. You know, we've got a lot of people throughout the state of California uh, that want to help in their churches and in their communities. And, uh, you know, they're worried about their information being leaked out. And that's documented or undocumented people that work at churches and want to help. And the bill does say this, that, that if you're going to volunteer, then you must disclose who you are, they're going to have the Department of Justice investigate, especially if you're dealing with children and the elderly and things of that nature. So uh, it's important, but we don't want them exploited and have their information that should be kept secret, uh, disseminated to out outside agencies so people can feel good and safe when they volunteer. But again, understand this, that uh, if there's an issue, they will be apprehended because this bill make sure that no one's exploited, that their privacy is kept, and that's important. So now people can come forward and start volunteering as they should, because we certainly need volunteers at this right. time. That's Senate Bill 905. And then uh, the next one I've got is Senate Bill 907. And that's expanding upon California's proud history of protecting children and providing support in our, for our military families. And, you know, in California, we have uh, 33 military bases, and we've got wow. men and women who are stationed there with their families, with their children, and we want them protected as well as the, the families uh, throughout the uh, state of California. So child welfare services offices would like to be able to work with the military and partner up to make sure that the parent, the guardian who is on active duty is able to reach out and work with the counties outside their military bases, but also to be aware that the county child welfare services office will now be able to come in to the military bases and develop that moratorium of, of understanding, memorandums of understanding with the military and the installations to make sure that the roles of both sides and both entities can work together to work with the active duty military personnel to protect the children, Child abuse is very important in all our lives. We've got to protect the children and also spousal abuse. So we want to make sure that, you know, people can actually reach out because some of these uh, military personnel, when they're transferred to another base, well, what happens there? We want to make sure that there's record 
of any abuse that may have happened so the next base commander could be aware of it. So Senate Bill 907 is something that brings responsibility for the children, the Department of Defense, all of us working together uh, to take care of the, the, uh, the kids that are there and to prevent any issues that may arise and make sure that all of us uh, always remember whether children are in the base, uh, in the military there as families, or out here in the county of Los Angeles as, as I'm in, or anywhere in the state of California, that child services always is able to be readily available to participate when it comes to protecting children. And yeah. I think that's about it and on, the, on our end. And there's, uh, of course, other issues out there that, that right, uh, right, right. maybe I can share yeah. with you. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, this is, I guess, the time of year where you start, I guess, processing ideas for, for next year and kind of build ideas you have for next year. Can you kind of, I guess, bring us through the process of kind of how you determine which bills you're going to carry and kind of what you're thinking about looking at for next year? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Someone will have an idea uh, and they'll bring it to my desk and we'll start talking about it. Staff will have ideas that come to my desk. As an example, uh, here in Southern California, we have a police academy, which is called Rio Hondo Police Academy, which I attended as a police officer uh, to serve with the city of Montebello. And that police academy uh, is looking to be proactive to the changes that we're doing. Because right now, that's on the front burner, the changes in police science to make right. sure that uh, these academies are able to provide the best service and representation for the community with the new ideas that are out there. And so this is why I'm, I'm working with the Rio Hondo Police Academy and try to uh, work with, with uh, upgrading what they're trying to do and teach and train these new police officers that are disseminated throughout the County of Los Angeles and uh, with new ideas and law enforcement. So we're, we're gonna work with, that, with them and try and provide them with the tools they need. Uh, of course, mental health is a big issue in California. Homelessness is a big issue. So I think what the governor is trying to do is get services to the people who need it as quickly as, as possible. We're going to be working on that. So mental health. Uh, here in my district, we have the city of Norwalk, and there's a huge mental hospital there, Metropolitan Hospital, and we're going to try and make sure that that facility is opened up to as many people as possible. Uh, we're also looking at park renovations. Some of the cities in the district need to do some work with their with their parks. So we're gonna be working with a lot of different entities on there. Uh, but there's so many things. But one of the other things that would never stops, and that is to protect our, our hillsides, our forests and things of that nature. So trying to find a way that we could be extremely, and I say extremely proactive in protecting uh, our, our, our wilderness out there. You know, the forest fires that we've had have been tremendous, devastating across the state of California. We've got to beef up our security when it comes to that any way we can. We have to uh, enhance uh, the cameras and, and uh, give the fire departments, uh, Cal Fire, all the help they need in whatever we can do in that direction. So as these things come before us, we're going to be looking at, at uh, things from making sure that uh, families are taken care of, making sure that children are given the equal opportunity throughout the state of California when it comes to education and making sure our junior colleges are able to uh, uh, have the kids and the enrollment that they need and also help some of those junior college uh, students that are sleeping out in the parking lot in some cases. And uh, there's just so much to be done. 
we need more nurses and doctors right now. We'd like to get open up the doors in some of the nursing schools so we can we can find these these kids uh, in high school to start thinking going into college and and taking nursing and so on. There's a lot to be done. So the 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 doors are open for the ideas, and we're going to be looking at everything we possibly can. Last year, I guess you you kind of mentioned that you know at, at the uh, the beginning of last session, you kind of had to pare down your bill package because of COVID nineteen. Are you anticipating that uh, next year that you know you'll have to carry less bills, or or you think it will be back to kind of kind of normal levels? Will you be able to carry? Oh, you know, I, I don't think bills? things will be normal for a long time, Vernon. It, and so we'll have to adapt and adjust to see what we can do. And if we have to put as many resources as we can in fighting the pandemic. We will do that, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important that, that people understand that the governor has his priorities, and that is the safety of the, of the uh, men and women and children here in California and in uh, and, and, and influencing everybody and assuring everybody that if they wear the mask and if they're uh, you know, uh, keeping that distance and washing their hands as often as possible and not gathering together as, as, as we would like, it would be important. So, you know, uh, the governor's got his hands full, no doubt. And, you know, I think it's our job to support him from both sides of the aisle because his heart is in the right place. We're going to work together. We're going to get through this. But it's not going to be over, as I can tell, overnight. You know, as you heard today right. that, you know, the vaccine is about to come out over the next month or so. We've got to get that all out there. We've got to make sure it meets California standards. We've got a lot of work to do in that direction, too. But I will tell you this, speaking of, of that, you know, uh, uh, not too long ago, just today, I think, it was uh, California, Oregon, and Washington issued travel advisories to make sure that this, you know, holiday season, that we stay at home when we possibly can. And if we can stay away from traveling outside the state or having people come into the state, they've got to be quarantined for at least 15 days. So 14 days, I'm sorry. So if we travel and other states are doing the same, you know, the, the vacation time is going to be extended because you've got to be in home right. uh, quarantine for the first 14 days. So that's that's important. But that's out there. And it looks like the governor's working with California, Oregon and Washington and those governors to make sure that we all understand that this travel advisory is serious and we, we could do what we can. You know, up at the Capitol, you know, we've just had the election. We've had some new senators, you know, join the fold. Um, and we've seen them up here at the Capitol. Dave Min, um, Josh Newman's coming back. Um, so kind of wanted to ask you, you know, as these new senators are coming up, kind of wanted you to reflect a little bit. Uh, you know, how did you, when you were a new senator, kind of come up to Sacramento and I guess, you know, hire and pick your staff? Well, I, I tell you what, when you when you come to Sacramento and you start meeting the people for the first time, you don't know who they are, who the background right. is, but you know they're being recommended by someone. Uh, and this is where the pro temp comes in in her office. Uh, as you mentioned, Josh Newman, because uh, he's been there before, he'll be able to, to uh, probably fit right in very quickly and get adapted, pick his staff and so on. Uh, but those of us who come in, and again, I've only been there two years, and it went just like that. Right. But uh, when a new senator comes in, I, I'm so proud that the other senators will rally around you, try and steer you in the right direction. Make sure you're not wandering the hall, banging into walls. You know, you got direction, you got teamwork, because all of a sudden, instantly, you're part of a team. So uh, there isn't this feeling like, uh, 
you know, you're an outsider coming in, you're definitely part of the family. And that, uh, I, I again, uh, get, uh, take my hats off to Tony Atkins and uh, some of the other uh, members of, of, of the Senate and the leadership position, they've all done that. So uh, I'm looking forward to working with our new senators. And, and again, they'll have their ideas and their thoughts and, and their priorities, and we'll put them all together. But uh, I think all of us want uh, to settle, settle down a little bit to make sure that we try to unite everybody because some of these races are pretty close, as you know. Yeah. So when you got a race that close, you just can't push anyone aside. You've got to reach across the aisle. And I tell everybody, you might have won, uh, you know, by uh, 30%, but what about the others, right? right? you got to make sure. So I believe we serve and represent everyone in our district. And I, I'd like to tell you the 32nd Senate District, which I call the fight in 32nd, uh, I fight every day that I possibly can to make sure that everyone feels equal and has a, a, a fair opportunity to get to me if they need to be. And I work with our city managers, our mayors, and council members, school board members. I'm constantly reaching out. And I'm reaching into the community as much as I possibly can to talk to, to our hospitals, uh, to students. And it just goes on and on. It's uh, definitely, we're in this together. Right. You know, kind of, I guess, turning to your district, the Fighting 32nd, as you call it, kind of what, what are you hearing about lately from your constituents and kind of their concerns right now? Well, right now, everyone's concerned about employment. And I'd like to give a big shout out to uh, my team because they are working, uh, it seems like day and night and weekends as well, uh, helping uh, get people through this ADD backlog. And, you know, that's been something we've heard, uh, heard across the state, the, the uh, Department of Employment and Development. Uh, they've just been overwhelmed. So our staff has been also overwhelmed. And you can hear the phone here ringing. Right. But... Uh, I will tell you this, that uh, it is such an important thing for the, not just our district, but across the state, people who are, have lost their job, people who uh, are finding themselves waiting for that next check coming in from EDD. Uh, we've got to streamline this process, and this is what we've tried to do. And I've been very fortunate that my staff is, is uh, working constantly with it, and we've had great results uh, still more and more calls are being made every single day, but uh, hats off to them. The other thing we, we've been out there with the COVID-19, uh, trying to find resources to get everybody tested as quickly as possible and finding these testing facilities. And another thing is important, food banks, because my staff has is, is, uh, turned out about 5,000 bags of food that we've distributed already, wow. 5,000. And uh, uh, so they're all involved in... Uh, and I think that the, uh, the governor would be proud and the people in the 32nd Senate District would be proud of what we've done uh, from pursuing and issuing uh, additional uh, equipment, you know, the, uh, the mask and everything that we need to give to uh, students and to the hospitals and so on. We've done that. So I, I think these priorities uh, have to do with trying to keep people safe, number one, getting them back to work as much as we can and making sure that those families that need help are provided the support they can. So uh, I think that's what it's all about. And of course, uh, making sure that help comes uh, to everyone. And especially, again, I got to point out our small businesses. These small businesses are up against it, and but they're innovative. 
from you know putting tents outside their restaurants and opening up the cleaners and the barbershops and I mean everybody is just working together to keep the economy moving but at the same time being safe and we've got to do that so to the small business people in my district along the state of California all of them you know business owners thank you for what you're doing thank you for being patient uh, and going the next the extra mile for everyone that's important you know, I guess with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, can I can you kind of tell us kind of some of the I guess uh, charitable things you're working on in your community and and some of the uh, events you have coming up uh, around sure. the holiday? We, we we've been working with a, a group called Hearts of Compassion, and they're uh, situated uh, in my district in Montebello. And uh, on Thanksgiving, they're going to serve probably a thousand uh, turkey dinners. Uh, and we've been able to get volunteers to uh, donate turkeys. And I think we're, we're up to about 500 turkeys through people calling our office. We're, uh, you know, telling them if you want to donate, give it to Hearts Compassion. They're in turn uh, sending out the turkeys throughout the communities uh, throughout uh, Los Angeles County which includes the 32nd Senate District. So in their eyes, there's no district, there's no boundaries. They just want to help everybody. So uh, a lot of the churches, uh, a lot of the uh, people that call us, you know, we, we try to say, you know, let's see how we can make this a team effort, but let's work with um, uh, units that are uh, uh, actually able to help. And uh, that's why Hearts of Compassion is a big one. And uh, today we got a call from uh, the YMCA that needed help. So we sent them over. We organized, uh, organized I think, 25 turkeys and, and, and uh, cards uh, for $25. So the families can either pick up a turkey or pick up a card. And so uh, it, it's fantastic. Everybody's joining together to help. And, and that's what we're all about. You know, I guess federally, we're kind of in this limbo waiting for kind of the president-elect to be inaugurated in sometime in the end of January of next year. Kind of, I guess, turning to that moment, uh, you know, the last four years have been kind of contentious between California and the federal government. You know, I guess what changes or, or what hopes do you have for this new federal administration and, in, in, you know, helping the state of California, especially specifically your district? Well, you know, I keep saying about reaching across the aisle, coming together, uniting us, and I think that's what uh, our new administration will be looking for. Uh, and that's so important because all of us have friends and relatives that are Republicans and Democrats and independents, but there's a time when we can come together. So, you know, darn well as I do, that if there was something that we all needed to, to pull together on, we're going to all pull together. As a former mayor of a city, I never asked anyone uh, if they were Republican, a Democrat, or independent, I would ask, what is it that I can do for you? How can I help you? And this is what I think uh, the new administration is going to do. They're going to reach out to everybody because we've got to level this ship and make sure everybody has an equal shot uh, of receiving services and being acknowledged. And, and, uh, and that's why fairness and equality is, is so very important and opportunities across the board. So I'm hoping that We'll see that in the new administration uh, where people will calm down because we all want everybody to go back to work. We all want everybody to be safe. We all want our schools safe and we don't want to send our kids uh, into a situation that's going to backfire. So as I just right. acknowledged the businesses, small businesses, you know, you know, be patient, be patient because uh, a healthy society is one that's going to come back 
and uh, we will move forward. So I, I look, you know, very, very optimistically to the year coming up. And it may take a few months into the year, but we're going to break out of this thing and we're going to open up a lot of doors and we're, we're going to be okay, you know, because remember, we're all Americans. You know, uh, with the, you know, the election of, of Senator Kamala Harris to vice president, an open Senate seat is, is here in the state of California and Governor Newsom gets to appoint uh, one very lucky person. Um, Senator Archuleta, you know, you went five for five on your bills, 1,000%. Any chance that Governor Newsom <laughs> appoints you to be the next uh, U.S. Senator for the state of California? Well, you know, I might have been five for five in the bills and speaking about five for five, I have five kids and they're doing great. Uh, but you know what? We've got great people to step up. And that's a nice thing. You know, you know what they say in, in, in sports, you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? Or you're only as strong as your bench. Well, right. the state of California has got a strong bench. You know, we, we've got uh, Congress members. We've got uh, uh, state elected officials. We've got, you know, probably five or six really good individuals that uh, the governor can choose from that will be able to work with him personally, to be able to work with the rest of the uh, state of California and, of course, uh, the Senate, and to be able to fight for California. And you've got to have somebody who you know, somebody you trust, somebody who has your same ideals, somebody who is reflective of the state, uh, and someone who has knowledge and skill, not only in California, but maybe a little bit in, in Washington, D.C., so you mix that together, and the winning number is, who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Senator Archuleta. Always great as, as usual, and uh, have a great holiday, and we hope to talk to you again next year. Well, good, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And if I don't see you at Christmas time, Merry Christmas. And I am so proud and honored to represent the fight in 32nd. Thank you, everyone, and God bless. Later. We'll talk to you later. Be safe. Wear Bye. your mask. <laughs> Thank you.